Dip it down. It's the Dragon Master. Welcome to the very first Dungeon Man Dragon Master special. Uh, before I get too far into it, I want to give you a little bit of context on what this actually is. I'm essentially going to kind of take off the uh, mask of entertainment, probably not do as much editing on it, um, and just sort of give my thoughts, be real, you know, um, because... At the end of the day, the people who play D&D, we are a community. We are a group of people with a shared opinion, or rather a shared interest, and we're allowed to have different opinions about it, and those conversations need to happen for us to reach common ground and really enjoy what we're doing. Think of the difference between anybody going through the rules, all your rules lawyers out there, right? We're allowed to disagree on the way things are supposed to go, so that we can get to a common ground on how the game should be played in our specific group. Now, before I get into anything about the OGL at all, I need to point out a couple of things. I have no legal training at all. If you're looking for something official, like legally, you have come to the wrong place. But I appreciate that you're here. Please keep listening. Um, I have no official statements from anyone, nobody from Wizards, nobody from Hasbro, nobody from the Dungeons & Dragons team, nobody anywhere. Like, I have no official statements from anyone. I'm just going off of the documentation that I have read and some of the other content that has been made in regards to the OGL, all of which negative. Um, All I am is a rules lawyer. And a guy who kind of just takes what life has given and puts them into fair terms that make sense logically. So uh, let me <laughs> let me begin by irritating everybody who's listening. I really have a hard time being against what we have seen from OGL 1.1. And I say that for a couple of reasons. First of all, because it I it doesn't affect most of the people who play the game. Uh, it only affects people who create third-party content. And from what I've read, that third-party content is pretty much only like books and things, like other modules and uh, source books that are being printed. So most like entertainment things like streams and well, podcasts uh, aren't really that affected by it. And if they are, it's probably quite minimal, but I'll get to all of that later. So, so that's one reason. And the other reason is again, something I'll go into later, but it, it's, it's their stuff, right? They, they have, they have a right to that stuff, whether or not there is a document from the past saying we essentially surrender all of our rights to this stuff so that you can do your stuff too. It, it's still their stuff, you know? So again, I I have a really hard time being against it, especially as gung-ho against it as a whole bunch of people that I've seen online being against it. Uh, So let me, let me just start with some basic opinions that, uh, that I've just come up with lately. And it starts with uh, what that OGL was intended to be. Now, first of all, I think a lot of people are being a lot more rules as intended as opposed to rules as written right now. Um, but let me go ahead and be rules as intended. Like you guys are trying to be right now. I say you guys, like a lot of people are trying to be right now. Um, my assumption is that when 
the OGL 1.0A or whatever uh, was released, was written and and given to the public. My assumption is that it was more of a marketing strategy. D&D was a niche thing. I mean, it wasn't until the last however many years that D&D has come into the mainstream, right? It was a very niche thing. If people heard that you did it, you got made fun of. And now it's a very interesting concept. So back then, most likely, again, going completely off of assumptions here, D&D was something where they did their best to get it out there and people said, oh, D&D, that's weird. But then they may have stumbled onto something else interesting. Whoa, that's really cool. Oh, that's a D&D thing. So they go look up the official content. So my assumption is that the early concept for the OGL was to say, you can make your own stuff. You can get paid for it. We won't take any of that from you. You can do whatever you want with the stuff that we've made. So that somebody could stumble onto something that somebody else made and then go looking for Dungeons and Dragons official content and now Wizards is making money, right? So at the end of the day, it's still a business. They still have to make their money. So that's my assumption behind it. I can't imagine that they would just say, you know what, we are a company that employs a lot of people who depend on their paychecks and we're just going to give everybody our stuff for free, right? Like that doesn't, that just sounds wrong. That doesn't make sense. Um, and so moving to modern day, well, now D&D is a very mainstream thing. Uh, you see it everywhere. You see it in pop culture. You see it in the niche culture. You see it in gaming. You see it in on Netflix, for crying out loud. Like it's everywhere, right? And my assumption now is that because it's so mainstream, People are finding their D&D basics. They're, you know, getting all their basic rule book, right? The, the, the core rules that are available for free. Anyone can just go get them. Um, and then instead of getting any official Dungeons & Dragons content, they choose to go find different content that would be under the rules of the OGL. So to a certain extent, the way that things are going right now my assumption is that Wizards of the Coast is losing a lot more often than they're gaining. My my assumption, based on just pure logic, I have no numbers of this. This is this is just opinion, but based on pure logic, my assumption is that right now, Wizards of the Coast probably is losing a lot of money to third party developers because people can just get the core rules for free and then buy somebody else's book. So yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Wizards of the Coast is a business, right? We have to remember that. I know that we all see Dungeons and Dragons as this big community thing, but it's not a donation to the community. We are a community because we agree upon the fun that a certain thing can give us. There's also a World of Warcraft community. That doesn't mean that Blizzard's just going to let you use all their stuff for free. There's also a Call of Duty community. That doesn't mean that they're just going to let you use all their stuff for free and make money off of it. That's that's kind of the point. If you make a thing, you have the rights to it. At the end of the day, popularity doesn't buy food. It doesn't matter how popular Dungeons & Dragons is. If you 
aren't giving money to the people who make Dungeons and Dragons, then the company suffers, the business suffers, the people who made it, who, by the way, we seem to be very against right now, but we are forgetting the fact that it wouldn't exist without them. So thank you for perpetuating the thing that we love. But they suffer if they don't make the money off of it. And I feel like we keep forgetting that in exchange for, but we used to get it for free. So I'm I'm not stoked about that. You can't run a business with, I love your product. That doesn't work. If You can get 700 million different letters that say, I love what you're doing. I respect your product. But if that doesn't come with at least a dollar, it doesn't do anything to perpetuate the business you're trying to support. And I feel like right now we are separating Dungeons and Dragons from Wizards of the Coast. And that makes me sad because Dungeons and Dragons is a product of Wizards of the Coast, which means if we want more D&D content without making it ourselves or going to a third party who, let's face it, isn't as in tune with the original product, then we need to support them. At the end of the day, uh, money has to come to the business or the business dies. So essentially, and look, I know you don't mean this, but I need to, I need to kind of translate what everyone's been saying. What we are essentially saying right now is we want Dungeons and Dragons to die because we want to write stuff, right? And I know that's a, that's a, an aggressive stance to take, but you got to think about, I mean, I, I use the, the joke example of the transitive property. If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C, right? If Wizards doesn't get money, Wizards dies, right? That's your B equals C. And what you're saying is if Wizards expects to keep their intellectual property at least semi under control, then you won't give Wizards money. So if A equals B, then B equals C. So if you don't want to support Wizards because of a certain thing, you want Wizards to die. Right? That's that's just not going to be helpful for perpetuating our game. And that makes me really sad. I don't know. I just – I feel like Wizards deserves a little bit more credit for perpetuating it the way that it did, getting it into the mainstream so there is more money, so that there are more beneficial things out there, better tools to play the game than there used to be. I, I don't know. I just – I have a lot more support for Wizards of the Coast, I guess. Um, but that's just where I am. Let me – let me let me cover some of the common complaints that I've been hearing. Um, one of the big ones is that in OGL 1.1, there is a clause that states that even your original content that is protected by the OGL, they have the right to use and monetize for free, essentially. Uh, there, there are probably much better ways to word that. I'm not looking at the document right now. I've taken my notes separately. Um but basically anything you make that is quote-unquote Dungeons & Dragons content, they have the right to just use that in a new book later and monetize it, and they don't have to necessarily credit you for it. Um, and people are up in arms about this. They're like, but that's my intellectual property. How dare you monetize my intellectual property without giving me anything? Do you, do you mean like what you've been doing to them for 23 years? Like that's we, – we do see that it's the exact same circumstance, right? That that OGL document is saying you can use our stuff for free to monetize your own stuff and not give us any. So what you're saying is you don't like that concept. 
and yet you expect them to hold true to it. So again, I don't, I don't think that's fair. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. They've honestly been very nice up to this point, and I think that's fine. The old license is literally that for them, and well, it's their intellectual property to begin with. So I think it's probably fair that they get more say over it than a third party who is using their content in the first place. But maybe that's just me. Uh, the other common complaint that I'm hearing is that they expect reimbursement for it. So like if you, they want you to pay them for use of their stuff. Oh, darn. I can't think of any other company who uses a model like that that expects you to pay them when you use their stuff. I, I I'm sorry. I, I I'm getting, I'm I'm getting like snippy and sarcastic about this, but again, I just have a really hard time being against it. Like, yeah, it's their intellectual property. They have a right to it. So why wouldn't they do that? And let's just not make a mountain out of a molehill. It's only for any income over $750,000 annually. So think of what your salary is and there you go. So if you're like a private content creator, they actively won't charge you a ding dang thing because it's fine. But if you are a company making a bunch of money off of Dungeons and & Dragons and Dungeons & Dragons isn't seeing any of that, well, congrats. Now they're going to see some of it. And furthermore, I would think that's kind of nice because it's like, oh, my thing is being recognized. And I, and I get that that's not a thing, but you can't tell me that you're upset that they're in it for the money when you're upset that you're not going to be getting the money. It, it seems a little hypocritical to me. And I, I'm not I'm not trying to throw stones here. I'm not trying to say that anybody is wrong or right. I mean, they're opinions. You're allowed to have opinions. I'm just saying it seems a little bit hypocritical to say that Wizards is super evil for expecting that you give them money for using their own stuff, by the way, when you've been making money off of their stuff for however long you've been doing this. So I don't know. That just gets to me. Uh, I also don't really want to hear the argument that it's been in place for 23 years. Things change. Life changes, right? There there wasn't an internet 40 years ago. Congrats, here we are, right? Think, like Things are going to change, and we just got to be okay with that, especially when it comes to a business who is cr doing a service for everyone. Like We keep forgetting that they're doing a service for us. This is a very minor thing. And if you've built your company off of someone else's stuff without discussing it with them and just going on with it, then, well, that's on you to rethink the way you run your company. Uh, not that I'm you know, a business expert or anything, but I feel like at some point in time you had to assume – yeah, one of these days they're going to want some of this. And you probably should have had a strategy in place for that. And that goes to the next point is people keep saying that Wizards is going to be putting people out of business with this. Okay, let's let's break this down logically first, and then I'll give my straight up opinions about it. So they're not putting anybody out of business because a solid business structure should be able to uh, accommodate for other fees. And when seeing this 
license in its fullest, someone with a good business sense should be able to say, okay, this is what I'm working with now. Let's look at our numbers. Let's look at our practices and let's see how we can adjust to it. It really should not be that difficult. I know, again, I know I don't have the experience to say so, but if you told me right now that my taxes were changing, I would be able to accommodate for that. I would say I would know what to do about it because that's what you can do when you have all the information on a certain financial something. Your business is a certain financial something, so you should be able to take the new system and work with it. Is it going to affect things? Yeah. Is it going to be more negative than positive? That's quite possible. But I do believe this new licensing structure also comes with a little bit more recognition and maybe that'll help your business in the long run. So it's just, again, just something to keep track of. But let's, let's go back to uh, just the, the, the what I call ridiculousness of the argument of saying that Wizards of the Coast is putting people out of business. First of all, it's not. Second of all, it's a business built on Wizards of the Coast's intellectual property that they let you do for free for a long time. Like, I feel like you should be saying, I get it, and thanks for the previous decades to get my business going. There are people out there who are trying to make businesses, and they got to start from scratch. The people who have full-fledged businesses that are based on Dungeons & Dragons, they basically got a head start. Dungeons & Dragons is one thing, And Wizards of the Coast said, you can use my stuff to get your business started. And now they're not even saying you can't do it. They're just saying, if you get super successful, we'd like a cut. That'd be nice. It was us that let you do it in the first place. We could be super D-bags and take full ownership and say that if you ever use the word tabaxi and get monetized for it, we're going to sue you. But they're not doing that. They're just saying, look, we built it. Can we have a little bit of it back? Can there be something that goes back to the people who are actually contributing the most to it? And I don't see anything wrong with that. My biggest concerns are this. Everyone's got to chill out. Literally everybody's got to chill out. Nothing is set in stone right now. Everything that we have are leaks. That's the bottom line of it. Maybe it is the official document, but nothing is set in stone right now. So... Everything that we're complaining about is a maybe, and I really think it's too early to make those calls. Second of all, everybody is being way too rules as intended and not rules as written enough. We are making assumptions based on some stuff that we've seen about Wizards of the Coast's intentions, and we're not looking at what's actually going on. People are actually saying that Wizards of the Coast is becoming an evil corporation. Guys... You support Dungeons & Dragons. You like the game. You can't call the business that makes it evil. What does that make you? For all these years, what does that make you? This isn't just a random change. This is them trying to survive in the world that we're all living in right now. They haven't done anything wrong. It's their stuff. They're just changing some stuff. Maybe. This is still a leak. We don't really fully know. So let's just take a breath and look at what we are actually seeing and work at it that way. And look, I mean, I've said it before multiple times in this, but I love Wizards of the Coast. 
I do. This company has brought us great things. Where is our loyalty? Where is the benefit of the doubt that, look, these guys have brought to us Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering. They've, gone, they've given us so much. Why can't we just give them a second and hear them out, right? They've not even made an official statement about it. They're probably still trying to figure out how to make a statement because right now everyone's calling them evil. Well, if someone's calling you evil, odds are good you really don't want to help them. My view is that if people keep being so aggressive about OGL 1.1, they're going to say, all right, we won't do OGL 1.1. We'll do OGL 1.2. Here's how it works. If it doesn't come from us, you're being sued for it. Let's just chill out. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Wait till they say something before you start calling them evil and turning off your subscriptions and boycotting buying any of their stuff. We don't know What's going to happen from here? We don't know if there's not an entire another document that goes with OGL 1.1 that says, yes, you might have to pay us that much. But in addition to that, you're going to, I don't know, get stock in Wizard of the Coast or be first in line for job opportunities to actually do this kind of thing, making way more money than you're making now. Maybe they're saying, yeah, it's that 20%, but there's another option, which is we'll go ahead and you know, buy out the company, everyone can still work there, you can still have your control, but we're going to control everything else that gives you more security. Like I'm just saying, let's let's give them a second to figure it out. Instead of seeing one leaked document and proclaiming that they are evil corporate, blah, blah, whatever's. So final opinions on the matter. Uh, It only really affects people who are making third-party content for the game itself. It doesn't really affect uh, YouTube channels and podcasts. And furthermore, it doesn't affect the player. If you're using all, if you're just playing the game, you can still homebrew all your own stuff and use it internally and nobody cares. It's still your own game. I mean, look at the Dungeon Master Guide. It doesn't say, here's how you monetize. It says, here's how you make new stuff. You can still do whatever you want with the game as long as you're not making money off of it. They don't care at that point. It's the same thing with most other copyright things. If you're not making money off of it, nobody cares. Nobody is going to sue a four-year-old kid who sings I'm Yours while playing the ukulele on YouTube. Nobody cares about that, especially not the people with the copyright, because you're probably going to go find the original song after that, and they're going to make money. So it's their thing. They own the thing. It's their right to do what they want with it monetarily and otherwise. And you're welcome for not issuing an immediate cease and desist. I just I just have a really, really hard time being against this. If anything, I, I didn't know about the OGL in the first place. I was confused as to how people were pulling off doing all this stuff and getting the licensing for it. And after reading OGL 1.0A, I was legitimately shocked I I legitimately was so confused. How is it possible that a company is surviving with that as their business practice? Uh, But I guess it did. And now things are changing to a more rather standard business practice. And I think at the end of the day, we owe them our patience and understanding in what they're doing here. Because this is a game that, and listen, if you're listening to this in the first place, I'm well aware that this game has probably changed your life. It changed mine. And if a product like that has that much of an impact on you, I think the least we can do is offer some patience and understanding to the people who created it. 
because they created it. And if not for them, you wouldn't have it. It wouldn't be in your hands. Your life wouldn't be this new changed better thing that it is. So those are my two cents or rather seven of my cents. I don't, I don't know how many cents I put in there. Uh, tell me what you thought about it. Give me your opinions. Find me on dungeonmandragonmaster.com. Uh, you can go ahead and leave all your one star reviews now, I guess. And, uh, We'll see what things look like in a little bit. Thank you for listening to me rant about my opinions for a while, and uh, I hope we can move past this whole OGL thing and get back to loving the game as soon as possible. Hey, thanks for listening. If you wouldn't mind, go ahead and leave a review and follow wherever you listen to your podcast. And you can also join my Discord, which is in my description. And go ahead and check out DungeonManDragonMaster.com, and I will see you next time. That was the Dragon Master.